The seizure of power is often presented as a conspiratorial coup against a democratic government. It had all the elements of a coup, albeit one much advertised in the press, except for the fact that a coup implies the seizure of a functioning state machine. Arguably, Russia had not had this since February. The reasons for the failure are not hard to pinpoint. Lacking legitimacy from the first, the provisional government relied on the moderate socialists in the Petrograd Soviet to make its writ felt. From the summer it was engulfed by a concatenation of crises, at the front, in the countryside, in industry, and in the non-Russian periphery. Few governments could have coped with such a situation, and certainly not without an army to rely on. Many historians argue that democratic government was simply a non-starter in Russia in 1917. The analysis previously mentioned leans to that conclusion, but we should note that in spring there was widespread enthusiasm for democracy. Workers, soldiers, and peasants showed enthusiasm for a constitution, a republic, and civil rights. Yet such matters were always secondary to the solution of their pressing socioeconomic problems. It was the Soviets and the factory committees, the institutions dedicated to promoting the social revolution, that were perceived as truly democratic. In other words, from the first, a heavily socialized conception of democracy vied with a liberal notion of democracy tied to the defense of private property. The fact that the bases for a democratic regime were slender does not mean that they were non-existent, not at least if we think in terms of a regime that was socialist rather than liberal in complexion. If the Petrograd Soviet, having taken power in March, had hastened to summon the Constituent Assembly and to tackle the land question, the SRs and Mensheviks might have been able to consolidate a parliamentary regime. Following the Kornilov Rebellion, a majority of moderate socialists finally came round to the view that the coalition with the bourgeoisie had to end, and took up demands for a speedy end to the war, the transfer of land to the land committees, and the immediate summoning of the Constituent Assembly. If these demands had been raised in the spring, it might have made all the difference. But then again, there were many in the SR party whose instincts were little different from those of Kerensky, and who would have insisted on continuing the war, at least pending an international peace conference, something the Allies had no intention of agreeing to. And therein lay the rub. For the fate of democracy in 1917 was ultimately sealed by the decision to continue the war. It was the war that focused the otherwise disparate grievances of the people. It was war that exacerbated the deep polarization in society to a murderous extent. In 1902, Karl Kautsky, the leader of the German Social Democrats, had warned, Revolution which arises from war is a sign of the weakness of the revolutionary class, and often the cause of further weakness, because of the sacrifice it brings with it, and because of the moral and intellectual degradation to which war gives rise.
in the last analysis, it was the war that made the Bolshevik seizure of power irresistible.